Greetings and welcome to the Eat It Lose podcast, a gustatory adventure in culinary delights. I am your host, Lisa Beisinger, and in this podcast, I cook up recipes from the past and taste them while talking about the history and science of food. The theme for this episode is spam. The other day, I was standing in the canned meat section picking up some tuna for Snicket and I when my eyes alighted on a can of turkey spam. And I thought to myself, hmm, spam. I bet I could toss together a short episode about spam. And as I sit here with a pile of articles in front of me, I now realize how naive I was. Do you realize how many articles in the New Yorker magazine mention spam? The story of spam is a deep, deep rabbit hole, and I'm only going to graze the surface of this bright pink delicacy. But first, let's talk about the recipe that I'll be making for this episode. The recipe is upside down spam pie. It dates back to World War II when it was originally published in Life magazine. It doesn't require any extensive preparation or time-consuming chopping, and it consists of just two ingredients, spam and biscuit dough. The recipe reads, line an eight inch mold with spam slices and fill with baking powder biscuit dough well laced with tiny cubes of spam. Bake 40 to 45 minutes at 425 degrees Fahrenheit. Turn it out on a platter. Fill the center with a tart cheese sauce or one made with tomato or horseradish and watch the family turn out and fill the table in a hurry. So let's begin. First, I need to slice my Spam. This is Turkey Spam. And I'm going to, ooh, that was an unappetizing noise. And I'm going to slice it into 12 thin slices. I don't know if you can hear this, but it makes the weirdest noises as I'm cutting. The Spam actually smells quite good as I'm cutting it. It's turkey Spam, so it smells like turkey, which is a good sign. Okay, and then I have to line my pan with the thin slices of Spam, and I'm using a bunt pan. Eight slices fit into my bunt pan. I'm using a canister of biscuit dough instead of making my own biscuits. I bought a four pack of canisters of mini biscuits to use. So after lining the bottom of the pan with Spam, I just need to pop open the container. I don't know how many I'm gonna need, so I bought the four pack, but they're small, so hopefully. I'm taking pictures as I go along so you can check out the pictures on the Eat It Lose website, E-A-T-A-T-L-U-S.com. So I'm gonna cube up some Spam sprinkle it on top of my first layer of biscuits and now for a second layer and I'm gonna open my second canister it looks like I'm gonna need at least one more layer of biscuit dough which means I'm gonna have to open up my third canister of biscuits just finished my third layer of biscuits and it looks like I need to fill in a couple little holes so I'm just gonna split some of these and put them in just to fill in a little bit more. I have five slices of Spam left, so I'm gonna save that for 
some other meal. Hopefully this will be good. I have a little bit here. It says that you can eat it either hot or cold, so I'm going to have a little piece. Oddly enough, it tastes like tuna-flavored turkey. And it is going to get super hot in the kitchen. It's already 84 degrees in here. So I'm going to pop this into the oven and then go out to the cooler living room to record the rest of the episode. And we're back. And it's only 77 degrees in my living room. So we're all good. Spam has had a long and storied history. It has been the butt of many jokes, including a very famous Monty Python sketch. And yet, it remains a cultural touchstone for many people in the U.S. and abroad. But let's go back to a world before Spam, to the very beginnings of the Hormel Company, which is the company that makes this wonderful potted meat product. In 1891, George A. Hormel started a meatpacking operation. Over the next decade and a half, business just continued to steadily grow, and in 1905, Hormel began exporting products to England. In 1917, the company joined the war effort as World War I broke out in Europe. George Hormel was called to Washington, D.C. to meet with Herbert Hoover, the head of the U.S. Food Administration at the time. Hoover's goal was to regulate meatpacking operations to increase the meat supply and to keep packers from selling meat on the black market. Hormel continued to grow throughout the war, and by the end of World War I, exports accounted for approximately one-third of Hormel's sales. Throughout the years between the two wars, the companies continued to develop new products, and in 1926, it introduced Hormel Flavor Sealed Ham, America's first canned ham, and precursor to Spam. In 1921, George's son, Jay, took the helm of the company, and in the 1930s, the company seemed like a dream to work for. Weekly pay, guaranteed 52 weeks notice before termination, incentive pay, profit sharing, and pensions. You know how rare that was back then? Hormel continued to grow their lines and developed Dinty Moore Beef Stew in 1935, Hormel Chili in 1936, and Spam in 1937. Their advertisements were regular fixtures in multiple magazines and were featured on the George Burns and Gracie Allen show. Through all of this, Hormel's business just continued to improve. When World War II broke out in Europe, Hormel was tasked with producing canned meat to send overseas to help our allies. According to the Hormel website, by 1944, more than 40% of the company's canned food was earmarked for government use. And by 1945, 65% of all Hormel products were consumed by U.S. troops in Europe and the Pacific. Not all of these products were met with gratitude, however, and many soldiers had a particularly venomous attitude towards spam. In a 1945 New Yorker interview with Jay Hormel, Jay described what he called his scurrilous file, in which he keeps the letters of abuse that were sent to him by soldiers stationed everywhere in the world. In the interview, Hormel seemed somewhat hurt by the fact that people just weren't receptive to spam. He argued, spam is only part of our business. We've been running a respectable slaughterhouse for 50 years, 
Our gross has doubled every five years since we started. Last year, which would have been 1944, it was over $130 million. We didn't even get around to putting spam on the market until 1937. And before that, we put up canned ham, chili con carne, soup, chicken, and the Dintimore line of spaghetti and meatballs. Sometimes I wonder if we shouldn't have. He goes on to say that his own household ate Spam and that Spam is a fine food. There's nothing in it but pork shoulder and chopped ham and the know-how of cooking it. None of the mysterious ingredients soldiers claim to have found in it. Indeed, the recipe has remained the same. The ingredient list on the can reads pork shoulder, chopped ham, salt, water, modified potato starch, sugar, and sodium nitrate. And that's it. And my turkey spam isn't much different. It's like turkey, salt, water, modified potato starch, sugar, and sodium nitrate. That's it. But not everyone objected to spam. Spam was introduced to Guam, Hawaii, and the Philippines during World War II, and in Korea during the Korean War. And it has become quite popular among those populations. In the case of Guam, the Philippines, and Korea, the introduction of spam stemmed from the presence of American GIs. In Hawaii, however, the prevalence of spam had slightly different roots. According to Rachel Lawden in the book, The Food Paradise, Hawaii's Culinary Heritage, the United States restricted deep sea fishing industries during the war. These industries were primarily run by Japanese Americans and were seen as a security threat. Because of these sanctions, islanders were no longer allowed to fish and thus spam became a replacement protein source along with sardines and other canned meats. Following the war, spam just kind of stuck around. And today, Hawaii consumes more than 7 million cans of spam a year. And with a population of just 1.5 million people, that's a lot of spam. In the Philippines, spam also has a prominent role in local cuisines. In the article, Spam and the Fast Food Glocalization in the Philippines, anthropologist Tai Matijowski discusses Spam's prominence in Filipino cuisines as part of a commodity and cultural symbol. Spam's appeal transcends social class and is seen as a symbol of American abundance. It has become so popular that whole restaurants have been established to showcase Spam. In Korea, Spam is a prestige food. However, it had rather humble beginnings. Food was scarce during the Korean War, so people would smuggle leftover food from army bases. From these leftovers, army base stew was born. It was made from Spam, canned beans, and sausages, and it's still a popular dish in South Korea's culinary landscape. Today, cans of Spam are highly coveted gifts for the Lunar Thanksgiving holiday. The company's brand manager in Korea, Shin Hyo Yoon, explains, Spam has a premium image in Korea. It's possibly the most desirable gift one could receive. To help perpetuate a high-class image, they use famous actors in their commercials. In the mainland U.S., Spam is also quite popular. In 2008, when the recession hit, Spam's sales jumped 10% compared to the previous year and sales continue to be strong for the product. 
spam has even found its way into high-end cuisine. In 2014, The Gothamist told the tale of spam being presented alongside fish sourced from Tsukiji Market in Japan as part of a special tasting menu at New York's Sushiko. Spam has even escaped the menus of hip restaurants in New York and now can be found in smaller cities. It's even featured prominently on the menu of the Hawaiian fusion restaurant up the street from my apartment. I think part of the appeal of Spam is that it has a kitschy charm that appeals to urban populations, but it's also still an affordable protein for those who have limited income. Plus, for those who had limited income growing up, who have a little bit more wealth as adults, it kind of tastes like a comfort food. Well, my upside down spam pie is nearly done and I'm dying to turn back on my air conditioner so it can cool down a little in here. So I'm gonna stop for now and I'll be back for the tasting. And now it's time for the tasting. I had barely turned on the air conditioner and all of the sudden I could smell the biscuits cooking. And I'm like, you know, I think they're nearly done. There was about 20 minutes, 15 minutes left on the clock and my biscuits were dark. So I pulled it out and now I'm ready to taste. I'm serving it with some garlicky peas because a surprising number, okay, not so surprising number of spam advertisements or spam recipes were served with peas. So I'm like, I'm gonna make peas. These are not canned peas, they're frozen. And I cook them with some butter and garlic. They taste like peas, delicious. Now for the Spam. I'm serving the Spam alongside some beer cheese that has horseradish in it. Well, that bite only had, had biscuit in it. Okay, and I get some cheese on this. I have some cubes of Spam in there in the biscuit. The biscuits are so, so browned that I really can't taste a lot over that flavor. And they're right on the edge of being burnt. So I can't really taste a whole lot. It really covers up the flavor of the Spam. So I'm actually gonna pull out another piece that doesn't have as much brown on it, where the, bread, the biscuits don't have as much brown on it. And I'm gonna try it without the cheese this time. Maybe I'll get a little bit more of the Spam flavor. There it is. It's not too bad. I'm not dreading eating the rest of this over a number of days because that's a whole lot of upside down Spam pie. But this is actually okay. The turkey Spam, it it's like, I alluded to this before, it's kind of like tuna and turkey had a baby, but it's mostly just because of that saltiness that I associate with the taste of canned tuna. It does taste like very salty turkey. A little bit of a hammy flavor to it. And it's actually quite nice with the biscuits. Now I'm gonna try a bit of the Spam that has been really nicely caramelized on the outside of the pan. It's nice and crispy and has a really good caramelized flavor. It's almost like eating turkey jerky, but not quite as sweet. I would make this again. I would definitely not cook it as long. But all in all, this is a very good, easy recipe. I think this would be a great way of, of having a bready thing at a barbecue or serving it with that. 
And considering that there are 15 different flavors of Spam out there, you could really have some great adventures with this recipe. Serving it with the cheddar beer cheese is really nice. It's a party in my mouth and everyone's invited. I would, I would endorse this recipe. I'd cook it for less time. I'd Cooking at 425 degrees Fahrenheit, the dish was cooked in about a half an hour, maybe 35 minutes. I don't have the exact time because I forgot to set the clock whenever I put it in the oven. I forgot for about five minutes. And the nice thing about the turkey spam, a lot of people are put off by the gelatin in, in the spam can. There's no gelatin in the turkey spam. So it, it doesn't have that ooey gooey bleh, stuff on the outside. So if you're put off by that and regular spam, you might want to consider trying the turkey spam. Well, I've ranted and raved about this enough. That is it for this episode of the Eat at Lou's podcast. I want to thank you for listening to this episode and thank you for your continued support. You can find pictures from this episode on our website at eatatlouse.com, E-A-T-A-T-L-U-S.com. You can find us on Facebook at Eat at Lou's, the podcast. And I'm on Twitter at L-U-L-O-O-234, Lulu234. This podcast is also available on iTunes and SoundCloud. If you have a chance, please review us on iTunes or SoundCloud. I always like seeing the reviews, although there haven't been very many. And engage with us on the Facebook page, where I sometimes post teasers for the upcoming episodes. I post pictures from the episodes, or at least I post a link to the website where there are pictures from each episode. So tons of really great stuff out there. And again, thank you for listening. So until next time, I wish on you many great culinary adventures. Goodbye.